0: Our reading this morning is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, and reading from verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven And going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, "'Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen.' and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Amen. And may God add his blessing to this reading of his most holy word. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father. Father for making yourself known to us, showing us the way of salvation through faith in your Son. We ask now that by your Spirit, you teach us through your Word, so that we may be ready to serve you for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. The early hours of the morning of April 15th, 1976, saw me running full tilt along Toe Cross Road towards Parkhead Cross. In case you're wondering, I wasn't being chased. Though at the wrong time, on the wrong night, that could happen in that locality. No, the reason I was belting along the road was to get to the taxi rank at the cross as fast as possible because just a short time earlier... I received a telephone call from Rotten Row Maternity Hospital to say that Helen had gone into labour. And indeed, a few hours later, our first son, Andrew, was born. A new birth that was to radically change our lives in many unexpected ways. Things would never be the same again. That's what new life coming into your life does it changes things, changes the way you do things, changes the way you view things. That's what happened to the women in Matthew 28 and verses 1 to 10 that invite you to turn to now. Their lives were transformed. They came to look. They left to tell. They bowed to worship. Their lives were completely changed, but not all at once. That morning, as they made their way to the tomb, they were not going to a place of life as far as they were concerned. They were going, as verse 1 tells us, to look, to look at the tomb, a place of death. I wonder how much sleep they'd had the night before. Their friend Jesus was dead. All the promises, all the excitement of being with him, all the rising expectation that the saviour of the Jews had come, all the hope he represented, all shattered. That's the situation we find these women in as they make their way to the tomb. They are going there because there's nowhere else to go. And it's only their love and faithfulness to Jesus that brings them. And out of that comes a fresh and and ongoing experience of God in their lives. But at the time, it just doesn't seem as if that is possible. They came to look at the tomb, as the other Gospels tell us, bringing spices to tend the body of Jesus without really knowing how they were going to go about that. But still, they come. They do what the male disciples don't do. It's the women who are in the vanguard of the action in the resurrection stories because of their relationship with Jesus because of all he has done for them, because of the position he has given them in his ministry. That's something worth remembering. In the midst of all the controversy that has been surrounding women in recent times, their place in society, how they are viewed, how they are valued, how they are treated. The women came out of darkness and death because of Jesus. Coming out of lockdown with more than its fair share of darkness and death? Are you just holding on and no more? Then you're in good company. These women came in the midst of hopelessness and entered into a completely new experience of God in Jesus Christ. That's the possibility Easter presents each and every one of us pandemic or no pandemic. These women came to look at the tomb expecting to find their way barred by a great stone, a stone possible weighing tons, a stone at a verse that as verse 65 of Matthew 27 tells us had been sealed and had a guard posted by it. They came to look at the tomb expecting it to be closed and sealed. They found it open and the stone rolled back the sealed tomb and the posted guard symbolized power and authority. The power and authority of Rome, the superpower of the day, an authority brushed aside and rendered ineffectual by a much, much, much greater power, a heavenly power, an angelic power, a power that was literally earth-shattering. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The women came to look at the tomb and were confronted by the fearsome majesty of an angel of the Lord who, rolling back the stone, sits in it, defying sin and death and hell ever to roll it back again. And in so doing, pointing to the awesome power of the one and only living God, the God of all creation. Easter morning demonstrates where ultimately true power lies in the awesome majesty of God, a majesty calculated to terrify It certainly had that effect on the soldiers. Hardened Roman Roman legionaries shake with fear and go into a dead faint. A fear that also touches the women. Do not be afraid, they are told, by the angelic being before them. An angel flashing like lightning. An image of perfect purity, inspiring fear in the women as it had in the soldiers. A perfect purity that speaks of the perfect purity of God, speaks to sinful humanity of all that we are not. A purity, a holiness, a godliness that shows us up for what we are. Luke's gospel records an early encounter between Christ and then fisherman Peter. Having commandeered Peter's boat to preach from, Jesus then tells him to let down his nets for a catch. This, despite the fact that these seasoned fishermen had been fishing all night with not as much as a bite. Miraculously, they pull up a catch of fish so large that it threatens to burst their nets. Peter, in response to this hint of Christ's divinity, cries out, "'Go away from me, Lord.'" I am a sinful man. Proximity to divinity accents, accentuates a sense of sin, a sense of unworthiness, a sense, as already said, of all that we are not. But Peter is told exactly the same as the woman do not be afraid. Even in the face of the perfect purity of God, those who seek Jesus need not be afraid. We can depend on that. Why? Because Jesus says so. We can depend on the grace of God in Jesus Christ, giving us that which we do not deserve. Seek and you will find, says God's word. Not because of anything that is in us, but because of all that is in God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The women came seeking Jesus, seeking a dead body to tend. They found more than they bargained for. The earth-shattering angel gives them even more earth-shattering news. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. The women came to look. They left to tell. Tell what they knew because of what they were told, because of what they saw. They left to tell because of the reality of the resurrection. The awesome power of the resurrection pointed to by the stone being rolled away. Not to let Jesus out, but to let the woman in to see that he has risen. They are eyewitnesses to the fact that Jesus is no longer there. With their own eyes, they saw him crucified. With their own eyes, they see the place where he lay and it is empty. They are witnesses to the fact that That as the angel says, he has risen, he who was crucified. The woman had witnessed Jesus' crucifixion. They had witnessed it at first hand. They had watched their master die the death of a common criminal. They had seen where he was laid. Mark's gospel tells us so. Now they see with their own eyes he is not there. And the reason that he's not there is because he has risen just As he said. Jesus always keeps his word. He said he would rise and he did. We can trust him. Do we? Do we trust Jesus? Do we trust his word? Do we act on it? As the woman did. They are told to go and tell the disciples. They are told, Jesus is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. That's what they're told to tell the disciples. And they do. They go. Just as Jesus says, I say again, do we trust Jesus? Do we trust his word? Do we trust this word? Come and see, the women are told. Come and see where he lay. Come and be eyewitness to the fact that Jesus can be trusted. Of course, many would cast doubts on such eyewitness accounts. Cast doubts on the Gospels. Cast doubts on the the possibility of having faith in Jesus. In the time of the Soviet Union, a Russian lecturer, a member of the Communist Party, was addressing a packed audience on the subject of the resurrection of Christ. He spoke at length, discrediting it, discrediting the gospel, discrediting the possibility of faith in Jesus Christ. At the end, an Orthodox priest rose and asked if he might reply. He was warned he could only have five minutes Five seconds is all I shall need, was his reply. He turned to the audience and cried out, Christos Voskres, back with a deafening roar, came, Vais Voskres, Christos Voskres, Christ is risen, Vais Voskres, he is risen indeed. The absolute highlight of many during my visits to Russia was being in the love of Christ Church in Asbest on Easter Sunday morning and saying to everyone you met, and Christos Voskres, and receiving reply, Vaistu Voskres, Christ has risen, he has risen indeed. And then to have Alexei the pastor shout from the front of the church. Christos Voskres, and the entire congregation roaring back, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, the clarion call of Easter, the truth of the gospel, the truth we are to tell. Go quickly and tell, the women are told. The women are told and they obey. They came to look, they left to tell. The women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet full of joy, and ran to tell the disciples. The women were afraid, yet filled with joy, filled with a mixture of emotions. These were ordinary folk like you and I, filled with a strange mixture of emotions, fear and joy, doubt and faith. Easter is rooted in real people, rooted in real flesh, rooted in people just like you and I, who share all the same kind of emotions. The Gospels present us with real people struggling to come to terms with that which is totally unexpected. The Gospel record presents us with real people and a real and living Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ who knows us, who knows the contradictory emotions that fill us, the Lord Jesus Christ who knows us, the Lord who comes to us this Easter Sunday as he came to the women and says, don't be afraid go and tell. And that there is a priority in this. An urgency is indicated by the woman's response. They hurried, they ran to tell. And in the story of the church as it unfolds in the book of Acts, we continue to see that priority, that urgency, which is of course why the church grew as it did. The church grew because those who believe told of Jesus. That's why it's really encouraging that the United Free Church are bringing out a new resource, Journeys to Life, sharing the gospel today, a resource that seeks to embed the sharing of the good news about Jesus in the ongoing life of the congregation, making a part of church life, making a more corporate exercise, weaving prayer into the process, trusting that God is at work in his people and in those around us. And all of this That we might reach out, reach out in mission and bless our community, bless those around us in Uddingston, bless them in the sharing of the good news of Jesus. Sharing the gospel, sowing the seed of the gospel, is not easy. We live in times when the soil around us is hard. And the pandemic has not made it any softer. We need all the help we can get. We need the power of the Spirit. We need each other. We need prayer. For if we desire to grow, then like the woman, we have to go and tell. Finding effective and relational ways of communicating to others that Christ has risen new life has come. The life of God that death cannot hold. Life that bursts forth from the tomb, the place of death. Life eternal. The life that indwells the living God. New life in Jesus Christ. That his transforming power changes lives. If that's not a message to share, then what is As I was preparing this sermon, I found myself thinking, having heard the account of the resurrection so many times, have I lost a true sense of the sheer wonder of it, its enormity. John Calvin said, the resurrection of Christ is the most important article of our faith, the chief point of the gospel. Easter Sunday is the biggest day of the year for Christians. It is the day of new creation, the day when it became possible for the life of God, the Spirit of God, to dwell with men and women, bringing forgiveness of sins, new life in Christ, abundant life, eternal life, the life of God. The God the woman met as they left to to tell. They left to tell, they bowed to worship as they met the living God. Suddenly Jesus met them, Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. They bowed to worship. They met Jesus, whose living presence declared, I am real. I am alive. I am Lord. His real, this reality attested to by the woman being able to grasp his feet. This was no phantom. His lordship attested to By the worship they gave him, glad and reverent homage, the only proper response to the word made flesh, God incarnate. The one who, as Philippians 2 tells us, was in very nature God, name above all names, yet the one who humbled himself to death on the cross for sinful humanity. The woman bowed to worship. They could do no other. If we believe in Jesus, that Jesus, the word of God, reveals to us, we can do no other. As just said, worship is the only proper response. All else misses the mark. All else sells Jesus short. All else is not good enough. In grace, God in Jesus Christ has given all that there is to give. He is so worthy of all that we have to give. So worthy of our worship. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to worship him. Live for him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They bowed to worship. But that was not the end of the matter. In this world, worship is always the beginning of our encounter with God in Jesus Christ, never the end. They came to look, they left to tell, they bowed to worship, and then continued in obedience to the Lord's command to go. Without obedience, without a life lived for Christ, there is no real worship. Indeed, without obedience, without a life lived for Christ, we're contradicting ourselves. If we worship Christ, obedience must come from that. As I said in opening, the coming of a baby, the coming of new life into our midst, changes things. The coming of Jesus God incarnate, the word made flesh, changes everything. His death and resurrection changes everything. The women came to look. Holding on in the midst of death and darkness, they came to the tomb and came into a new experience of God. A possibility open to all. Seek And you will find, they came to look, they left to tell, afraid yet full of joy. This was real life with all its ups and downs, no easy ride. But everything had changed. Nothing would ever be the same again because of the resurrection. For these women, Easter Sunday was a life changer. Is it for us? They came to look, they left to tell, they left to tell others, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. And the Lord added to their number. That's the only way the church will grow. They left to tell, they bow to worship. What other appropriate response is there? To the God who in Jesus Christ left the glory of heaven for us who stooped low, that we might be lifted high and be filled with the life of God, resurrection life. They bowed in worship. Will we? And then they continued in obedience, in obedience to the Lord's command. Will we? Will we go and tell the great and glorious truth of Easter? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Our second praise item is Thine be the glory. Let's pray. Lord God, we do ask. we humbly ask that out of this Easter day, out of our worship, would come glory to you and glory to your risen Son. We ask, Father, that as we go, we would know that Jesus, by your Spirit, goes with us, that he is within us, And that this awesome truth, this wonder, would cause us to live more for him. We give you thanks that Christ was raised from the dead by your glorious power. And ask that you would now send us out in the power of the Spirit, to live for Christ, to live a new life in Christ. And now, the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with each one of us and remain with us both now and forevermore. Amen.